Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast, a show where we get up close and personal with some of the most celebrated marketeers in the country. We talk to them and discover nuances of marketing that we often miss. After all, we are a show for marketeers by marketeers. Listen in. On this episode of Marketing Connect, we have with us Vivek Sharma of Pidilight. Vivek is easily amongst the most accomplished marketeers in the country today with over 30 years of experience both on the client side and on the agency side. This was amongst the best conversations I've had on marketing. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I am Vivek Sharma. I am the chief marketing officer for Pidilight Industries and uh... in my career i have worked with cadbury's i have worked with uh, ogilvy i have worked with onida and i have worked with philips and now i have been with pidlight industries uh, for last 5 uh, years and pidlight is a billion dollar company in adhesives construction chemicals sealants art and craft materials and pigments it's really fun to work at pidlight on all these uh, iconic brands and take their legacy and history forward Thank you, Vivek. Welcome to the Marketing Connect podcast. I mean, I am thrilled to have you here. <laughs> I am also happy to be here, Saurabh. Um, it's very nice to informally chat uh, and share your learnings. At my stage of careers, I am very keen that I share my thinking and my experience with more people and people who are coming into marketing and sales career and business careers now, and they can gain something out of my experience. Amazing, Vivek. so uh, let me let me take you back to your uh, the very beginning right aapke college ke time se like tell me which college did you pass out from when did you pass out from and and take me your journey from there on sorry but it will surprise you and everybody who is listening to this that actually i am a mining engineer i passed out from indian school of mines uh, which is now iit dhanbad and uh, i am a btech in mining uh my basic training has been to dig out mm-hmm. all the valuable materials from below the earth like coal gold petroleum and now i am busy dig- digging for uh, insights product ideas and marketing ideas so that that has been my basic education actually nice so did you actually work in the mines yes of course uh, as a part of our engineering we were supposed to do work experience in mines after every year for 2 months so cumulatively i have worked for 6 months in three mines mm-hmm. i have worked in coal mines i have worked in gold mines uh, which are now mm-hmm. shut in near uh, kolar and uh, at at the time when i worked uh, sorab mm-hmm. they were the fourth deepest mine in the world and uh, i have been up to uh, a vertical depth of 2.35 kilometers below the earth uh for three days i went there and wow. uh, then i worked mm-hmm. in most advanced uh, mines near asansol coal mines which are fully automated uh, even at that time in uh, early 90s they were automated so basically i am an engineer and i have been trained to uh, look at problems logically solve problems and that has been the basic training and as we talk you will mm-hmm. see i will talk about the fact that how this logical mm-hmm. brain has to be shaped to become a better marketer uh from ism i went straight without any work experience uh, unfortunately to iim bangalore and uh, 
Yeah, I'm Bangalore, and uh, from there uh, I mm-hmm. I went to join Cadbury's. It was a campus placement. So tell me, uh, if if I were to ask you uh, to summarize your experience at I am Bangalore in three bullet points or key learnings, what would those be? See, when I was in engineering, I used to think, oh, I'm great. I'm in uh, engineering, and I was on top of my uh, batch. Um, I'm in the top percentile, uh, top 10%. But reaching IIM, it teaches you to be humble and you realize Mm -hmm. that you are among best of the best. So you have to raise your game uh, in terms of whatever you do. It's not just studies and GPAs. It's your co-curricular activities, what you do, how you think, how you conduct yourself. There is so much to learn from your peers and my classmates. And you realize... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from uh, uh, being tallest among the foothills, I was among the Himalayas, and I had to raise, <laughs> I had to raise my game, and I had to become better, <laughs> and I really enjoyed doing that. And you know, I still talk to those uh, batchmates of mine now, and we all laugh. But uh, I think one thing which I am does and did to me was to put me in company of great pints and great talented people, and it helped me become better. Uh, it helped me open my minds to mm-hmm. multiple things because some had talent in writing, some had talent in sports, some had talent. And realized, look, uh, yeah, I should also have talents other than just studying. No, and I was saying second thing which I am teaches you, of course, is uh, actually it disciplines you and it trains you to work very hard. You know how I am, sir. We used to think we we work very hard in engineering. But uh, the pace really amazes you because what you learn in engineering in three months semester, mm-hmm. they finish it off in two weeks and then you move on to next thing. So really, really. And uh, so, so that is something which, uh, mm-hmm. which, which I am does. Of course, I can talk about studies. It is a multidisciplinary game and <clears throat> it teaches you. But uh, you also start realizing a bit about social skills and how you need to become better at social skills if you are to succeed in life. Mm -hmm. Some early germinations of those realizations for me happened there. Of course, later life teaches you far more about uh, social skills, emotional Mm -hmm. skills, all those things. But the first realization that there is a thing beyond CGP Mm -hmm. and IQ happened in IIM to me. So, uh, I'm going to ask you a tough question and Vivek, uh, I would love an honest answer. Uh, when you went to uh, Bangalore, uh, let's say your batch was say 120 people. How big was your batch? Vivek? Sorry. 120. You're right. Spot on. 120, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, out of the batch of 120 people, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a wild guess that, you know, not more than say 20 to 30 uh, percent of people would have reached, uh, say, a head of marketing, CMO, a sort of a level or a role. So, uh, if if I were to ask you to reflect that, you know, आपने ऐसा क्या किया जो उन्होंने नहीं किया? You know what I'm saying? You could obviously be extremely lucky and be at the right place at the right time. But is there was there a method to your, you know, your your journey that allowed you to reach the top of uh, the business? See, it's difficult to compare yourself to others and talk. But I can say a mm-hmm. uh, couple of things. Mm-hmm. See, to reach the uh, the top of marketing game and business game, uh, mm-hmm. first of all, you have to really love marketing. You don't have to look at marketing as a stepping stone to become an MD or a CEO. Only if you really love 
what you're doing, whether it's uh, working with dealers, working with wholesalers, working with distributors, working with consumers, advertising agencies, PR mm-hmm. agencies. Mm-hmm. If the work is not just a means to reach somewhere, then I think you will do it better. Second thing is to uh, early in your career gain varied experiences. Uh, I I would say don't keep on doing the same thing and same industry and the same segments for a long time. You have to change. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't collect uh, eclectic range of experiences around sales and marketing, uh, your mind will not open up and uh, you will not become a true marketeer. You you will become an expert in that Mm -hmm. industry. Okay. And naturally, you can become narrow in thinking. Um, So that is one. And third thing is... uh, I think you have to be really a good marketeer. You have to be naturally curious. You have to be curious about why and what. Uh, mm-hmm. And last but not the least, it's kind of a hygiene condition, but I would advise all youngsters early in their careers to do field mm-hmm. and sales so that they know the nitty gritties of the ground realities. And that's, that's an experience they must put under their belt as early as possible in their careers. Mm. That, you know, that brings me to the most often asked questions at the campus ki, you know, MBA karte hi, uh, ko sales mein dal hai. how do I get to brand and marketing and fancy things right after my MBA? So, so I think that answers uh, that question for a lot of people, no? Uh, I must say, I have also been asked that question so often when I go for placement in campuses or when I'm interviewing yeah, yeah. youngsters uh, and uh, they say, shall I do marketing first? Shall I do sales first? Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a simple answer. I said you could end up doing whichever first, but make sure in the first eight years you do both, eight mm-hmm. to ten years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and the simple answer is if you get a chance to do sales first, grab the opportunity. Don't say no. Go to the remotest mm-hmm. of places and uh, work your way up from the ground level and dirty your hands. Mm-hmm. Got this. So, up. You went to Cadbury's on campus. So, uh, what was your first stint at a corporate like? What role did you play? What was your boss like? How did you learn there? And so on and so forth. See, in, in, in Cadbury's, my first six months was uh, in corporate headquarters. Now that uh, building is gone, it was called Cadbury House. I know I have such emotional attachment yeah. to that. Bula by the side road and then in Bombay and now it's gone. The building has been raised down. No, we all we all have such high emotional attachment to that building. That building, I think, was a piece of history for Cadbury Fry and then Cadbury India in, uh, in India. And uh, once upon a time in 60s and 50s, uh, there was a factory there in the basement. So I don't think oh. they should have yes, they should have sold it. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, the world moves like but that, and started control. So coming back, your experience. So you joined Cadbury's at Cadbury House. Yeah. So my first uh, six months were in corporate uh, headquarters, which was uh, Cadbury House, and I worked on various assignments. Uh, and that time, uh, Nestle was about to enter, so I was imagining trainee. I was fortunate enough to work with Vinita Bali, who was the VP Marketing. Uh, it was my good luck that on that project, uh, I was supposed to report to her and give her direct uh, feedback. Uh, you know, supposed to gather information about Nestle strategies and then advice. That was a really high learning experience and very interesting. And as a, as a part of that, 
I'll tell you interestingly. So we found that in Siliguri, they are the largest tea uh, distributor there, who is also Nestle distributor. He has some information. Mm-hmm. So I traveled all the way to Siliguri, spent a night there, spoke to the guy, mm-hmm. came back with information. So mm-hmm. it was my high learning was uh, in the for those six months was to get guided by uh, somebody as. Uh, uh senior and experienced and iconic marketer as Vinita Bali. Then I moved to Ahmedabad in my sales stint, where I worked as a salesman in old Ahmedabad city and later worked in upcountry Gujarat for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So what happened, what, what triggered you to move on from Cadbury's to the next role and what was the next role? See, Cadbury's, I must say, I worked for almost a decade. So, so you see, mm-hmm. and I've worked on various brands. Uh, I worked on, let me not take technical names. I worked on Dairy Milk. I worked on Five Star Eclairs, every brand, Bone Vita. I was very fortunate in Cadbury's to work directly with marketeers like Vinita Bali and Rajiv Bakshi, from whom I learned my fundamentals in marketing and sales. They had a program in those days called Accelerated Development Program where they used to take uh, top 10 to 12 youngsters from all over the world, only 10 to 12. And Mm -hmm. they used to uh, post them in more, uh, I would say, developed markets uh, and uh, Mm -hmm. give them a role which is a little tougher and uh, let Mm -hmm. them learn. So I went uh, Mm -hmm. on that stream to London and I worked in the group headquarters for a couple of years. I came back, I continued to work on drinks category, cocoa and bone vita. Then I worked on uh, halls, uh, chiclets, Mm -hmm. chlorides for quite some time. And that was a high learning experience. Uh, At that time, the business was uh, clubbed under a head called Warner Lambert. Um, Okay. And halls was a fantastic experience for me. And I remember launching Halls Ginger. uh, And that was my high learning experience because... Halls, uh, you know, is a is a mint lozenge, yeah. and uh, so white used to sell a lot all over India, more in south, and orange used to sell more in north, and mm-hmm. there was a honey level. So, and I said, let's launch another version for India. You know, I'm, I'm a foodie, and I am particularly like ginger. So, mm-hmm. okay. and I, okay. I said, uh, let's launch a ginger variant. Ginger is also good for mm-hmm. throat. And I worked with R&D to develop the product. And um, India was the first country across the globe to launch uh, Hall's Changer. We launched it. It was a runaway success. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my learning, there were two. But but the, the problem was, and for all marketeers, while we developed the Rolls-Royce of a product, it was expensive and the profit, the profit margins were not very good. Then I spent the next six to nine months in the first year of the product journey to bring the cost down of the flavors, etc., mm-hmm. and also make it profitable. But mm-hmm. the key here is that always go for local taste and local insights and you'll find success. And uh, mm-hmm. we should not go for obvious things because I remember we were uh, developing uh, communication, which is TV ad for this all ginger. And the most obvious mm-hmm. solution coming to search was good for throat. And mm-hmm. I said good for throat. For ginger, research is also telling us that good for throat is known and believed by all Indians. So why should I talk about that in advertising and waste my air time? Mm-hmm. But people, I say people also believe that ginger is very bitter and, you know, harsh on throat and it will not taste good. Mm-hmm. So I said, I, we will talk about taste in, of all ginger in ad and goodness of ginger will be taken for granted. 
So our ad was all about our ad was all about hot ginger, which is tasty. And the end, we said good for throat. That and that worked. That worked. So you have to you have to uh, go under this under the what is obvious observation and uh, dig deeper for insights, and then how develop your uh, product proposition and communication proposition. Got this. So this, um, and I'm dying to ask the question, and this was probably amongst the last questions that I had planned for. But let me ask it here. So, what is you mentioned that you know you uh, get into the shoes of the customer and get insights and then create communication. So, what is your your way of uh, finding new insights? I mean, let's say you want to launch a new product at Pedilite and you want to uh, understand deep insights of the consumers. So, how do you go about that? And don't tell me research agency ko dekhi ka. So, how do you do it? No, no. So I'll give both answers, sort of whether you like it or not. So the most, uh, and, and it's a million-dollar question. If we had an answer to this, it's like you asking me, how do I make a, a runaway successful commercial, a runaway success feature film? Uh, similar question is that how how do I get good insight? <laughs> uh, so the most obvious answers are for some of the students who are listening in that, uh, of course, you can get insights by meeting consumers, by meeting shopkeepers, by observing them in their homes or talking to them. You can go to sites, you can do research, very obvious. Mm -hmm. You can uh, go to panels of consumer, panels of carpenters, panels of architects. And you can also visit advanced Mm -hmm. markets like Southeast Asia or US Europe to learn what is happening there. Mm -hmm. But, real insight what is an insight insight is not is something that is not obvious that has a yeah. unique that brings a unique difference to your business or a brand proposition and that mm-hmm. is what is not obvious will not come from uh, going through all these usual touch points of collecting observations it is by connecting the dots okay now mm-hmm. there, are, there are two things here it works at two levels first of all when we collect observations, when we visit consumers, shop, markets, etc., you have to be curious and you have to ask. I always tell my people who work with me, ask why, 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 five times of everything and keep on going deeper and deeper till you get something. Okay, That way you will observe things more than others. And it's not an easy task. Out of 10 observations, only one or two will be unique to you. And collect such unique observations from very touch point. One observation may come from a shopkeeper who has told you something in North. Somebody, something may come from a contractor in South. Some, one observation may come from consumer. One observation may come from what's happening in Thailand. One observation may come from a panel. And sometimes when it, it will hit you, and as you either go through a workshop or sitting uh, in your room, you'll connect the dots and you'll find that actually the two and two makes 20. It doesn't make four. And that is an insight. That's that's an insight. Got this. So, uh, can I can I just try to? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to learn right with you as well. Even though I've spent enough time in the world per se. So, are you trying to say that? Are you trying to say that uh, that you gather all data points, all inputs, all you know stimuli from wherever you can, and then let them simmer in your head, you know, at the back of your head, and then suddenly. This light bulb will pop and say, "Are ye inside thamera?" But but the tenet remains that you know you have to be curious to be able to just pick those uh, insights by asking those five whys and and so on and so forth. Is that what you are uh, uh, implying? You're spot on. So yes, you have to simmer these things in your head and let your brain come up with the connects. There is also other way to mm-hmm. do it. 
which is be humble enough to call people of different backgrounds sit in a room share all the insights with them for example call for a, a session with r&d or uh, non marketing people and let them look at this and comment so they may up come up with the connection connection which you will not come up with because you are you are trained and wired to think in certain way and they are trained and wired to think in a different way and this connects so one is to sit with people and to naturally uh, let them connect in a way different than yours second is to keep on keep on simmering it in your head it will only simmer in your head if you love what you're doing and don't think it's a job you know um, and good ad ideas good product ideas what happens to you i get most of my ideas in the morning when i'm between getting up and getting ready you know in shower or somewhere else and then suddenly i say ha we can do this we can do that and why did this happen and that forms mm-hmm. at least 20 25% of my day and then i do that you touched upon the fact that uh, the best ideas to you seem to come from the time from between the time when you wake up till the time you are actually going to office uh, brings me to my next question uh, what is a typical day of a cmo of a say a billion dollar company like yours of course ideas keep coming to me all the day but i think uh, uh, the new things most often come in the morning uh, it's very mm-hmm. difficult to say what a typical day is but i would mm-hmm. say on an average uh, head of marketing of any large company would go and spend at least a quarter of the day in reviews it could be sales reviews it could be advertising reviews it could be agency reviews it could be uh, new product reviews with various groups mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. analysis etc post evaluations the other quarter of the day mm-hmm. actually goes in external meetings with external partners vendors where you're looking at new ideas evaluating new ideas um mm-hmm. and uh, because i really believe that uh, instead of only getting uh, bogged down in what you do in your company and your own people one must always keep mm-hmm. certain part of the time open to meeting external people they may or may not be of immediate value to you may or be of you know immediate uh, application to you but you never know <clears throat> what can come out of hearing hearing and, and i often uh, found very useful things uh, like this and i think the the mm-hmm. other uh, last 25% part uh, uh, with me goes in spending time with my people because i really believe that mm-hmm. head of a marketing has to spend time with their own people no, own people means not only the people in your department but i walk across to my uh, sales mm-hmm. colleagues my business colleagues my r&d colleagues and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and i make sure that at least twice a day i am walking in those people informally chatting with people and to me a lot of problems surface there a lot of solutions surface there and i find mm-hmm. that uh, doing by walking i find very useful so at least i spend uh, 20% of my day uh, just walking around meeting people chatting um, okay so vivek uh, cadbury ke baad fir what next happened like where did you go from cadbury's see cadbury's i joined ogilvy advertising um and i worked there for 5 years where i was uh, head of uh, big businesses in bombay and then for last 3 years i was heading the unilever business hindustan unilever business for ogilvy across uh, mm-hmm. bombay and bangalore across all their uh, functions and divisions businesses like rural outdoor advertising mm-hmm. and uh, that mm-hmm. was a period of high learning for me in ogilvy because as i mentioned in the morning in my first 10 years of my career 
I was in confectionery industry, foods industry, and snacking industry. Uh, so yeah, my mind used to like that. And typical FMCG. In Ogilvy, I began to work on businesses which were banking, which were uh, hygiene, which were personal care, which were fabric wash, uh, which mm-hmm. were paints, station paints, and and multiple kind of uh, new consumers, new new industries, and that opened my mm-hmm. mind and that made me a broad-based marketer, a broad with a broad-based thinking approach. I could stretch the thinking mm-hmm. beyond one industry to multiple industries. And Ogilvy mm-hmm. actually helped me strengthen the fundamentals of my marketing discipline by being able to think and apply the concepts across various industries. And of course, I must say mm-hmm. uh, it was very interesting to work in Ogilvy because in the morning you're working on soap or dove, in the afternoon you're working on a tea, and the evening you're working on paints. And each were equally interesting. That kept my interest alive. And you know, mm-hmm. you really also get in touch with the creative people in the creative process, whether it is creative people who are writing your ads, studio people who are drawing good mm-hmm. things, or film producers and uh, song people and music people. So mm-hmm. to really understand the creative process and was the biggest learning for me in Ogilvy. And I think that a market, mm-hmm. a marketer must spend at least a couple of years, either directly or indirectly in an agency to learn the creative processes because that will not only make them better marketeers, that will also make them uh, more holistic people by making them understand art and, art and uh, you know, um, the softer processes better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, 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 I mean, my biggest takeaway from this is, Vivek, ki, uh, now imagine you getting to interact with all the amazing people at those places. So, I think the amount of learning that you will have will get compounded drastically, I mean, you know, compared to if you work only on one company, right? Absolutely, because as I said, you grow when you actually work with people who are better than you, who are different than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. across Hindustan, Unilever, Asian Paint, Cadbury's, uh, ICICI, I worked with best of the best. And that really, really, uh, yes, uh, made me learn far more. And yes. uh, they helped me learn and we were able to contribute. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. marketing and business minds I have worked with in those days. Got this. So, uh, next question Vivek has two parts to it. I mean, the question is the same, but I will have two theses to build that question. So, one in one of the recent interviews, you had mentioned that you advise everybody to work in advertising agency for some point in time in their career. The way you advertise, the, the way you sold, told us market sales become So, that is one thing that I read about you. And second is that a lot of people, especially with four to five years of experience in on the client side, the the parlance that we have are reluctant to join the agency side because they feel that they will get stuck in the agency. And you are clearly one of those people who's been on both client and the agency side for substantial amounts of period and you've been able to easily move. So what is your take on this entire client side and agency side piece in terms of career? So let me address the first part. Why mm-hmm. I speak of marketeers should have the, have the need to work in advertising agencies for a couple of years. I say that because mm-hmm. marketeers at the end of the day want to build successful businesses and successful brands. Yeah. Successful brands are made in the minds of consumer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not in the physical market. It's in the, the premium for the brand and the loyalty for the brand is in minds of consumer. You reach mm-hmm. the minds of consumer through various touch points, which is product packaging, but very important communication, right? 
Many marketers have seen are good at product packaging, the logical part, but they're not mm -hmm. good at creating good communication, always because they don't have full understanding of the nuances of actually uh, how consumer mind works and what are the leaps you need to take. The leap between a physical product and a brand is the creative part of communication. And right. that creative part, how to translate a marketing brief into a good communication brief, into a good piece of communication, you can only become good at if you work for some years. On the other side, in mm -hmm. the trenches, creating advertising on the road. Second so, part is, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, advertising agencies who work with, it's a people's business. It's, it's, there's no factory, there's no product. So you really learn people management far more in advertising agencies than marketing companies. And that makes you a better uh, professional. To your question about the concern which some marketers have about getting stuck in advertising agencies, I acknowledge that concern mm -hmm. and that's a real concern. Um, there, are, there are two suggestions I have in which uh, people can handle it. A, join agencies not when very, you are very young, but when you are middle or senior, because then you have more experience behind you in marketing uh, that can help you jump over again to... Uh, uh, jump over back to marketing again. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Second is you can take help of your uh, senior marketeer, marketeer, marketeers in the company, or you can take help of your MD and CEOs, and ask them mm -hmm. to send you on a secondment to an ad agency for one, one and a half year, two years, where you work mm -hmm. in an ad agency, learn on the company behalf, mm -hmm. but also have the safety line tied back to your marketing career, which you can pull back and come back to marketing. But uh, mm -hmm. a week or a month stint will not do. You have to be there for a couple of years, one and a half to two years, where you have the responsibility for clients. Only then you will learn what it means. Uh, also, a lot of marketers think that, you know, uh, advertising is a level below marketing, so which one should not go there, stepping down, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, mm -hmm. I don't think it's correct. It only reflects upon what people think. If you are secure enough in your mind, you will never think like that and you will have confidence in yourself to jump back to marketing. Um, so I really have developed after working, you know, will be a very high level of respect for advertising professionals because it creates so many good ideas, so many fantastic pieces of work, which works for brands and businesses for years. And we must respect that. Got it. So, uh, got it. I uh, so after after let's say you spent after you spent five years with Ogilvy, then you moved on to the next role. What was the role and what did you do there? It's very simple. So I moved back to Onida as a, a VP Sales, Marketing, and Service, and uh, mm -hmm. it was a tough industry. Um, but mm -hmm. I think after five years, I thought I had learned enough. Um, so I moved back to my first love, marketing and, and sales and business management. So I was. Heading all three functions, sales, marketing, and service, and I, I did uh, did a three-year stint with Onida. Uh, although okay. it was a fifth largest brand at that point in time, uh, and we were up mm -hmm. against Sony, LG, Samsung, uh, I am very proud to say we grew business at a very high rate, and we were able to retain the market share. And some fantastic learnings because durables is one of the toughest industries. It teaches you the intricacies and the, of the uh, PNL management of operations. As you know, the technology mm -hmm. obsolescence is very high in, in uh, durables yeah. and you have to be yeah. on your feet. The pace of the industry is very fast. It teaches you 
uh, agility, which is very much required when you become a senior marketer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bring me to another point. I don't know again if you were responsible for that or not, but that entire Onida, you know, uh, evil genius, neighbors envy, owners pride is again one of those campaigns that I think uh, I can never forget in my entire life. Uh, it was like very outrageous, right? I mean, imagine using a negative character to talk about your product. Yes, sort of. So, <laughs> uh, that character is called uh, Unida's Devil. And I must say that yeah. I was not responsible for conceptualizing the campaign which was done in the uh, early 90s of Neighbors and the Owners Pride. But yeah. when I joined Ogilvy, uh, that character was not in use for many years. They had uh, discontinued it. Uh, but I brought okay. it back. I relaunched, I relaunched uh, Onida with the devil character again. And the brand mm-hmm. jumped in the most trusted brand survey multiple places. And it was in the <laughs> top uh, 10 brands for many years. And uh, I don't remember the data, but I think we, we jumped in uh, trusted brand surveys, jumped in um, consumer rankings. And that campaign mm-hmm. uh, done with Onida's devil was with the line, nothing but the truth. And uh, mm-hmm. it was a huge success, uh, and I was very happy that I was able to bring it back. And that is core of the brand. That was the DNA of the brand, which was envy and uh, envy and the confidence of the brand in its Indianness. Yeah, and and Vivek, anyways, envy is one of those deep core insights that drive you know purchases and for most uh, of these, let's say uh, you know. Uh, non-essential category products like fashion ho gaya, technology ho gaya. NB is I think what drives a lot of people, right? Yes. Uh, fundamental human emotions drive all non-discretionary purchases, whether it's a BMW or a fashion brand or a new mobile phone or whatever. And I must say there are various shades and degrees of NB. It's not just NB. There is an NB at a physical level. There is an NB at a subtle level where, you know, so there are degrees of NB. Jealousy and NB, there's a difference. Uh, jealousy can can destroy you and envy can propel you. But fundamental emotions like envy, yes, so fundamental emotions like love, envy, fear, mm-hmm. uh, admiration, respect, patriotism, mm-hmm. they they can drive brands and businesses to uh, places if you use them well and if you connect them to your product through insight. And the fundamental mm-hmm. construct there is a product insight has to connect with the life insight and has to connect with the brand insight. Only when a brand insight is connecting to the product insight and the life insight mm-hmm. can become successful. And from life insights, you have to have to dip into fundamental emotions and aspirations of human beings, as you said, love, mm-hmm. envy, fear, mm-hmm. belongingness, so on and so forth. So in my in my head, Vivek, as you speak, no, I can try. I am trying to draw a Venn diagram in my head that uh, you know brand truth, fund, uh, in uh, consumer truth, and obviously uh, the communication truth is to be able to give you that uh, magical campaign, right? Think of it as a triangle where on the top is the uh, is the life truth, and the on the mm-hmm. left hand side is your uh, product truth, and the right hand side is the brand truth. Mm-hmm. So. Only when you connect these three, even if one is weak mm-hmm. and one is not connected well, uh, you will not have a strong brand proposition. Got this. 
मतलब and and obviously number of people that love it love it is far more i'm sure you have data on that but it is super 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 cool i i have no clue if mr pandey came up with that or the team came up with that or how did it happen so let me make a mention of this uh, it was an ad conceptualized by piyush pandey and executed by prasoon pandey and all yeah. i want to tell everyone is that look here is a brand which a consumer never sees because he hardly buys it his carpenter buys it right he pays money mm-hmm. to carpenter make furniture after it is put in yeah. the furniture he never gets to see the brand it is gone inside the wood mm-hmm. a brand which is yeah. not bought by consumer which is not used by consumer which is not seen by consumer but is loved by consumers mm-hmm. and is owned by every consumer in india right yeah and that is to the emotions that is to the core value proposition which we have kept alive in fevicol for 60 years is the unbreakable bonds yeah. Yeah. and unbreakable bonds and so forth was able to illustrate that so we said fevicol will go beyond bond between people we will actually conceptualize the bond between generations of people through something which which fevicol is a part of which is a furniture piece of furniture and a heirloom furniture mm-hmm. has going from generation to generation is a part of lives of people in india in india as well as abroad it's a global insight Yeah, and that's yeah. what people related to people related to emotions attached to a heirloom furniture mm-hmm. and a brand being able to actually dip into those fundamental positive emotions is a brand which is remembered and loved yeah and and more i think more it seems to just fit so rightly into the triangle that you just drew for us vivek absolutely yeah cool and even even the recent communication around covid right what you've done with with <laughs> elephants and masks is also also super interesting to say the least i mean if i can use that kind like a milder world there and 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 then the poetry was what narrated by mr pandey himself yes so uh, both these pieces of communication one in march where we took the two elephants and we put them at a distance mm-hmm. and we said mm-hmm. uh, uh, अटूट बंधन के लिए दूरी बनाए बनाए करोना करोना से भी एंड सेकंड वन इज अराउंड टू एलिफेंट्स ऑफ फेविकॉल विद मास्क एंड दिस पोएम बोथ एड्स फॉर कंसेप्चुअलाइज्ड फॉर पीयूष पांडे बाय पीयूष पांडे एंड द वॉइस ओवर इन द सेकंड वन ऑफ द इन द पोएम इज आल्सो ऑफ पीयूष पांडे सो आई मीन इफ आई कैन टॉक अबाउट अबाउट दिस टू एड्स सी इन द टाइम्स ऑफ कोविड you will see all kind of communication some is around fear and selling you products some is trying to yeah. associate with covid and uh, doing associations i would name them some sounds very mm-hmm. genuine some don't we believe mm-hmm. that we don't have force a connection between brand and covid directly and we have to be mm-hmm. a, a responsible brand which doesn't try to either sell the product or doesn't try to force the association and only has a dialogue with consumer in this time which is natural and responsible so we said the first dialogue we should have in march we thought was that to caution people about maintaining distance 
mm-hmm. and the second one is about still maintaining distance when the unlock when the battle for covid trip from indoor to outdoors but that poem if you yeah, listen yeah. sort of ends on a note of positivity and high spirit in the end and that positivity Absolutely. and high spirit we believe is required uh to boost the morale of people consumers dealers contractors because the brand also needs to give a message positivity in these depressing times absolutely and and more than that you know uh, these brands uh, when you give such messages you actually become a part of their lives right i mean if 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 you are invisible and yet a part of their lives uh, you better be talking about that as well no sort of you are a fantastic marketer you stole my next piece of thought which is that uh, you may people have often asked me so what is fevicol trying to do to talk about covid it has no connection with the category you are not a health and hygiene category and we say mm-hmm. that fevicol is a much loved brand by indian consumers for their lives for last 60 mm-hmm. years and the brand is having mm-hmm. a dialogue with consumers about their life it's not necessary mm-hmm. that brand always needs to have a dialogue with consumers about its own product or unbreakable bonds the brand mm-hmm. which are loved by people talk to their people about anything which concerns people if today in the lives of people what concerns people is covid mm-hmm. fevicol is talk about covid if it is able to relate to mm-hmm. unbreakable bond if it is not then also it's good but a love brand un- uh, in a very natural way becomes a part of life of people through these uh, uh i would say genuine and empathetic dialogues okay so i have a question on this i mean i mean uh, in my in my entire life as a marketer on the agency side most communication is triggered by a business need sales nahi ho rahi hai mereko relevant rehna hai mereko kuch to karna hai now for a for a brand like fabricol for example where you work on uh, on in terms of day in day out uh, basis what triggers these communication pieces apart from let's say the covid extraordinary times that we are living in but let's say when you made that chaudhrain ka sofa wala communication what triggered that need for that communication so allow me to take you through the journey of fabricol if you may then you'll understand the content so fabricol was yeah. a brand launched in 1959 Mm-hmm. and if you remember one of the first iconic ads uh, of it is dam laga ke haisha two yeah, elephants yeah. elephants and people on men on other side doing a uh, tagaro so yeah. that is about physical bonds okay then mm-hmm. over next two then over next 10 years it tried to demonstrate that unbreakable bond through culture and symbols uh, from india like neta mm-hmm. like uh, egg Mm-hmm. like neta like egg uh, etc and after that when it firmly established this physical bond through um, mm-hmm. uh, sticking to wood all the way to cultural symbols okay uh, um, then mm-hmm. moved beyond physical uh, physical uh, bonding into metaphorical bonding like mm-hmm. the bus where people are sitting in a crowd you may have seen that that had also won won a kans yeah. award or the joint family Pakistan joint family kissa kursi ka Govinda. Then brand moves yeah. into a space where it stands for unbreakable bond, but not in physical sense, not in cultural sense, but metaphorical sense. You know, anything in life of mm-hmm. consumer around unbreakable bonds, we begin to do ads. But remember, mm-hmm. a brand also has a role to play in its category. So on True. on 
other dimension, Fevicol kept innovating. We launched uh, Marine, we launched Heatex, we launched uh, Hyper. These are advanced technologies mm-hmm. and advanced versions of adhesives. Mm-hmm. So Fevicol is the first one, it innovated. And we have also advertised those. Uh, we have advertised high, uh, uh, Heatex and we have advertised Marine. So, mm-hmm. so the a brand keeps doing that. Now, why did we do so far? So advertising for Fevicol is driven by it needs to uh, communicate the new product innovations to consumer like Marine, Heatex, etc. Uh, uh, or Speedex. Or it needs to keep on strengthening and further building upon the core value of unbreakable bonds. It can build it through, uh, it can build it through metaphorical means, Govinda, Kissa, Kursika. And here came an opportunity to mm-hmm. us. Uh, celebrated uh, 60 years of existence last year. Okay, mm-hmm. in 2019. So we thought uh, mm-hmm. that's the time for us to celebrate our unbreakable bonds again and take to consumers mm-hmm. uh, Fevicol journey through their life for 60 years and our journey through their lives. And that mm-hmm. is celebrated through uh, celebrated through uh, by uh, making this sofa ad which actually mm-hmm. took continuous journey of this sofa, which went, which was passed on from generation to generation. And it lives mm-hmm. the life which Indian consumers live from 50s to 60s, to 70s, to 80s, to 90s to now. Yeah. And and now that you're talking Vivek, uh, actually I can relate that, you know, the fact that sofa went through, let's say, Pani, and then there was Dhoop, and I mean, all the small product innovations that you spoke about are also there. I mean, they may not be communicated very very uh, upfront verbally etc etc but yes. they're still there those, those elements yes and you may notice that uh, ads start from uh, black and white 50s the music is like that and then it moves to a uh, yeah, yeah. tv which is more fashion then it moves to a colored uh, era uh, but with faded yeah. of 70s 80s then it moves mm-hmm. to 90s then it moves to now yeah. so subtle changes which mm-hmm. and, and th- Jump and this creative uh, touches are added by Piyush and Prasoon, and uh, that is what actually evokes emotions amongst people, and then they uh, respond to you very, very positively in the brand. Okay, so next question. So, up Unida, uh, coming back to your journey, you were at Unida, and after Unida, what happened? Where did you go? From Unida, actually, I went to Philips uh, as their first chief marketing officer for India. Um, Philips, you know, had mm-hmm. uh, three businesses, consumer lifestyle, lighting, and healthcare. At that time, uh, the global CEO wanted to mm-hmm. really bring Philips to the emerging markets and want to really build Philips as a brand across various businesses. Mm-hmm. So they decided to create this position of uh, chief marketing mm-hmm. officer. And uh, in five emerging markets, mm-hmm. which was including China, India, Brazil, etc., uh, they appointed the senior independent mm-hmm. chief marketing officer. So I was uh, I was fortunate to actually join Philips India in 2008 as their first chief marketing officer and uh, work on establishing Philips brand, mm-hmm. one Philips brand across three businesses of lifestyle, lighting, and healthcare. Okay, okay. And uh, what was your experience like? What did you learn from there? What was your biggest takeaway? How difficult was it in different ways? From the other categories that you it was really a fantastic learning experience it was a challenge because having worked with mm-hmm. fmcg in cadbury's yeah. 
advertising in Ogilvy and with durables mm-hmm. in Onida. In Philips, there was a part which was durable, which was consumer lifestyle, mm-hmm. electronics, and appliances. But for the first time, I experienced B2B marketing in lighting mm-hmm. and healthcare. So lighting was consumer as well as B2B. And uh, I was fortunate to yeah. work uh, in one of the best companies for B2B marketing with Philips Healthcare. And I learned uh, my B2B and professional marketing there. So that was uh, initially challenging to learn healthcare as an industry because not easy to learn about MRIs, X-ray, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, various medical devices and instruments which we were selling. You had to first understand them before you could even visit a customer yeah. like a hospital or a doctor or a cardiologist and have a meaningful conversation. So it, it, mm-hmm. um, I, I did made effort to learn and uh, the journey then was beautiful. And how long did you uh, spend at Philips? I spent seven years at Philips. And I must say, we were able to reposition mm-hmm. Philips from, at that time, it was known as a bulb and a TV DVD brand. I'm talking of uh, early 2000. And from mm-hmm. there, we moved it to become a dynamic, mm-hmm. innovative and high technology brand, which is across uh, healthcare, mm-hmm. lighting, lifestyle, selling air fryer, selling most advanced medical equipment and LED lighting. So that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and there are a lot of global learnings from also there because Philips is a quite a strong company uh, and was a quite a strong company worldwide. And I met some fantastic people there mm-hmm. and I learned mm-hmm. a lot from them about innovation and role mm-hmm. of innovation in company. So what happened after Philips? So Philips, after working for Philips for seven years, um, I moved to Pitlight. Uh, and since mm-hmm. then, I've been with Pitlight. Mm-hmm. And fantastic journey here mm-hmm. because Pitlight also has B2B businesses, mm-hmm. industrial uh, pigments, adhesives, chemicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have consumer purely yeah. consumer businesses in yeah. Fabricwick, Art and Craft. And we also have what we call in yeah. between yeah. bazaar businesses where consumers uh, mm-hmm. use the product but not directly. Uh, the contractor use it for them either in building their furniture or waterproofing their homes. So we have businesses here like we call mm-hmm. Doctor Fixed Waterproofing and MC in Plumbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so it's it. very very interesting uh, for me to work across span of these B two C bazaar and B two B businesses. And I must say, marketing at Pidlight is highly developed, and this company has innovation and insights as its DNA, and our chairman and MD drive it personally. So mm-hmm. it was a fantastic opportunity for mm-hmm. me to contribute to it and take it forward. Got this. So I'm going to ask you the toughest question that most of my guests stumble on, to be honest. So imagine if I told you, Vivek, aapko, you are going to be given a different role with Pitted Light or someplace else, and you need to find your replacement uh, for this role that you're doing right now. And it could be internal or external or whatever, like candidate can come from wherever. So what tenets would you look in that person to replace you? The first thing which you need for a CMO of such a diverse company like Pitlight or any diverse company is uh, actually mm-hmm. comfort with ambiguity. Because when you're heading, heading businesses okay. that are so okay. senior levels, all information, all data is not available. So you have to be comfortable with activity in situation, businesses mm-hmm. and brands, and you have to be comfortable you know, move, move with that. Mm-hmm. 
second biggest thing is that uh, mm-hmm. you have to have that trait which is in you where you are happy working on new things not necessarily biggest people often go for largest brand biggest business so many crores mm-hmm. but if what gets kick to a person mm-hmm. is something new whether business could be small brand could be small something new i think that is something which mm-hmm. i would look for and third third thing is ability okay. to work okay. with people mm, across functions and this is uh, mm-hmm. high level high level of people skills and adaptability and flexibility is desirable in such a role because the reason i say that is you don't drive marketing in a big company by issuing uh, directions and dictates and policies you work through by influencing people by leading mm-hmm. them by insp- inspiring them and by getting examples for them to follow so the leadership model which one has for a cmo mm-hmm. in a big company is not of issuing directives and uh, policies but of uh, leading people by example mm-hmm. or uh, it's like saying having uh, influencing power without direct control so that aspect needs to be learned very well before one but, can become a senior cmo of course last but not the least that's a hygiene but needs to have mm-hmm. marketing competencies and skills which i assume the candidate would have obviously even if if you reach the table of the chairman then obviously he has been vetted out for those skills for sure right he or she for that matter so, as you can see it is the softer parts which are which will become more critical uh, when you work yeah. at these levels and last but not the least you know tenacity is required because at these levels failures will come things will not succeed you'll go through lean phases if you're not tenacious enough uh, and if you react to situations then uh, you will not be able to lead and inspire people always i got this super answer thank you vivek so you mentioned you mentioned that uh, you you spoke about your replacement now uh, tell me uh, let me flip the question on the head sudden let's say let's say you have five job offers from five different uh, companies to work for and 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 super hypothetical right one is a b2b consumer durable company one is a b2c startup which does a lot of work in let's say online retails so so what kind of what what kind of uh, questions would you ask your prospective employers before you join them the first question i'll ask them is what is their ambition and vision about their business where do they want to take it and what are the new things mm-hmm. or different things that needs to be done okay because that will tell me what will be my role and contribution mm-hmm. where i can contribute in that journey Mm-hmm. second thing mm-hmm. i will try and learn a lot about the business model because a good job depends upon a okay. uh, a business which is sustainable and uh, not necessarily profitable immediately but has to be sustainable in long run and you can only create long term mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. medium term things if fundamentally the business is sustainable and there is something fundamentally right in the proportions and the uh, weight going where to play how to win and last but not least i will try and understand the people behind the business because at senior levels uh, you don't work mm-hmm. for business and brand you work with people and chemistry is very important the trust mm-hmm. and chemistry is super paramount super super paramount that's what i mm-hmm. ask because mm-hmm. in fact in fact one of the things that i got told by somebody is that most people don't quit their jobs but they quit people that they work for so i think you're also uh, hinting to the same thing right yes 
I've always maintained a connect with them and they've always maintained a connect with them. I will reach out to any one of them who is available mm-hmm. and bounce my ideas with them to say if I'm thinking right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so the lesson for my listeners would be that uh, even if you have to move between organizations, always try to have that connection going. Is that what I can leave my listeners with? Yes, because it's necessary to have uh, relationships and the relationship should be natural it should not be you know mm-hmm. the word which often here is networking exchanging cards yeah, and yeah. saying hellos on linkedin is not networking because networking happens when you have genuine relationship mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. people only help you when they have a genuine relationship with you when you're giving the relationship as much as you're taking mm-hmm. okay so at least in every place you work make some uh, good friendship deep connections don't think of immediate benefits and i'm sure they'll always come mm-hmm. handy and helpful for you in your life some point in time so necessary mm-hmm. the key mm-hmm. thing i've realized sort of in life is that you have to be yourself and be genuine if you are genuine and if you're not mm-hmm. selfish and always sharing a knowledge and your success also with others people will always be correct with you mm-hmm. you have to be a bit giving and generous if you mm. been giving and generous in sharing credit sharing uh, success even sharing the failures or helping them mm-hmm. then your lifelong connects and people are always mm-hmm. there to help you that's what i found another question that uh, a lot of people ask me is a uh, tell me um, uh, so so tell me about your failures we've heard success stories we know that all the communication is great team is great people is great but tell me of two or three times when you actually fail as a marketer i'm trying to <laughs> see where should we go which industry example do i take because having uh... talk to me about something that nobody has even heard of like for example most of more often than not when things fail you don't really tom tom those on you know communication channels and you don't even do a press release for example when you know that it's going to be a bad uh, you know thing so maybe talk about something that nobody knows of so that could be a surprise to listeners as well I was not directly involved, but uh, mm-hmm. in Cadbury's we had Bon Vita, and uh, the biggest uh, that mm-hmm. time competition to Moitas Complan mm-hmm. with this twenty-one ingredients. And I remember, can mm-hmm. I? If you research, you'll you'll dig out the name. Cadbury's launched a brand which mm-hmm. was like Complan white powder with twenty-two ingredients mm-hmm. or twenty-three. They had two more ingredients mm-hmm. or nutrients in those, okay. and it sank like a stone. and the biggest lesson i learned from that as a brand manager at that time was if you try and shape your marketing strategy looking at a competitor and uh, what they are doing and trying to build your strategy around usps of uh, i am better mm-hmm. than you in this attribute of products mm-hmm. you will fail you have to you have to do your own strategy so biggest lesson for me so long time back in five star mm-hmm. we were trying to increase penetration of five star those days chocolate market was very very small mm-hmm. 
so we said we will launch uh, we will launch a uh, smaller grammage smaller version of five star at a cheaper mm -hmm. price point yeah the price point was kept at that time was 2 rupees mm -hmm. and uh, we test marketed it in one of the southern states mm -hmm. and uh, i was the brand manager at that time mm -hmm. and uh, oh we thought oh, it was fantastic so when people find uh, a cheaper five star mm -hmm. the new consumer who couldn't afford a chocolate at rupees 5 at that time Mm -hmm. Will come to rupees two and we will expand the market. Mm -hmm. But learning was opposite. A lot of five rupees uh, consumers they downgraded to two rupees. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it cannibalized. A lot of cannibalization happened, and we found that the net sales value of the profit pool uh, in that state it was showing to be on uh, that would have declined. So we discontinued and didn't roll it out further. Yeah. yeah. The learning from this is why this is. Uh, logical to go to lower price points to expand the market mm -hmm. but always be wary of giving choices to your customers and consumers of downgradation mm -hmm. they can often downgrade and especially mm -hmm. the need of the category is in discretionary space and in space of uh, treats mm -hmm. then you have to be very wary of cannibalization and downgradation of uh, consumer or down as they say people uh, come down the value chain into cheaper skus this is more true of discretionary or impulse, impulse purchase products where it is uh, desirable for consumers to just experience and you know snack the category and move out mm -hmm. so incidentally na my friend like i told you about best friend with cadbury's uh, so he works with uh, cadbury's in the procurement piece i mean he is their leader for the apac market तो ही ऑफन टेल्स मी कि एक बार उन्होंने क्या किया कि जो आप दो रुपए का चॉकलेट रहता था तो वेन कंज्यूमर वुड ईट ना तो इट विल फिल द माउथ वेन यू आर चूइंग ऑन टू इट उन्होंने ग्रामेज कम किया एंड एंडिंग द सेम एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ चूइंग ऑन टू अटन क्वांटम ऑफ थिंग्स इन देर इन देर माउथ यू नॉट एम सिंग तो देगरी so it also happens in other chocolates that uh, while grammage can be reduced slightly on visual inspection you don't see it yeah, but there's yeah. something called bite feel and mouth feel if bite mm -hmm. feel and mouth feel changes a lot mm -hmm. then consumer over long term will reject you because they will they will not get the sensorial experience which they are desiring desiring yeah that's what he was trying to explain to me because i was talking to him about something and he was crying ki because his procurement right so every time you change the mm -hmm. grammage I think he has to now calibrate all the factories and stuff. Yes, ah, yes, ah, yes. Are you crying about it? Okay, so the next question I have to wait for you is: uh, as a marketer, you brushed upon briefly in our conversation that uh, that you need to understand technology and data and everything. So tell me, what are the what are some of the gadgets that you use on a day-to-day -day basis to to you know uh, help you with your job? Like everyone else, I use laptop. Mm -hmm. I use phone. Mm -hmm. and we i use teams i use zoom mm -hmm. that those are the gadgets i use frankly speaking and any, any specific apps that you use to stay ahead of the curve and you know uh, apps or or sources of information that you use to stay ahead of the curve no i'm i'm active on all social media assets uh, at least the professional ones mm -hmm. and uh, there's no particular app etc which i use but i am mm -hmm. active on all of those and uh, i read a lot uh, mm -hmm. digitally mm 
uh, i subscribe to uh, many magazines and newspaper global as well as indian mm-hmm. and uh, i i try and make sure that in the day see is what is necessary for a good marketer is to have good st- uh, stereo knowledge when i say stereo knowledge what i mean is that a marketer need not only be aware of the product knowledge and the segment knowledge but also on the what's happening in the country what's happening in the state what's happening in the city what's happening geopolitically because mm-hmm. nowadays conversations are everywhere and unless a marketer is aware of all these implications or regulatory what are the issues emerging they will not be able to uh, handle marketing mm-hmm. so one has to consume and one has to be aware of lot of information in the day and try mm-hmm. and make sure through my reading whether it's through social media feeds or through my news apps or uh, uh, to newspaper physical newspaper also mm-hmm. uh i am aware of what's happening and uh, bigger re- bigger reading pieces like bigger articles newspaper etc i keep aside for either flight reading or uh, weekend reading Good. because it's not necessary to only consume snacks of information and news in few lines of one para sometimes you have to read yeah. uh, incisive analysis to really appreciate the nuances of situation got this i actually quite like this entire idea of stereos uh, stereo knowledge that's an interesting word to use and i know you use that in the accompanying blog post that's a good one uh, okay the next question is uh, a question that you always wanted somebody to ask you and nobody has asked you that so far <laughs> nobody has asked me yeah people often don't ask about see what we do in a personal life also shapes us as marketers what also people don't often ask is what do you do in your personal life which has influence on you as a marketer what are your interest mm-hmm. i've seen fantastic marketers who are shaped by their interest in their art or music or some technology so this is a part often missed because at the end of the day we don't live life in buckets you know work life personal life this life that life it's it's mm-hmm. one life one human being it's all it's all one and one effect mm-hmm. one shapes another so this mm-hmm. uh, whole thing about the person behind a ceo the person behind a cmo the person behind an mp is equally necessary for people to know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's the endeavor that i have at least i mean the, the this conversation essentially is about vivek the individual not vivek the marketer you know what i'm saying so that is what we are trying to achieve with this so validation from yeah. you you got some some flavor you got some flavor of it i hope yeah validation yeah i mean i got validation as an individual for the idea and obviously a lot about you uh, okay uh, last question absolute last question so what we often do is for each marketer that we talk to we ask them that uh, if they could throw open a challenge a marketing challenge to the listeners and these are typically students or mid level marketers what would the challenge be and this could be from your work or it could be a thing that you are passionate about or it could be a random challenge that you can cook or cook from thin air no i feel very strongly about social issues mm-hmm. and i wonder we could be a better country if we could actually develop more civic sense mm-hmm. the marketing challenge is with consumers uh, what they with people what they do emanates from their belief and attitudes mm-hmm. can someone develop a more sharper relevant and hard hitting marketing campaign Mm-hmm. where we can get indian people to maintain trend cleanliness in social in social life got this mm-hmm. uh, and maintain civic responsible sense not mm-hmm. break traffic rules not spit in public uh, mm-hmm. care about each other 
and have social etiquettes we'll be we, we will have, we'll be such a better country if we have all that mm-hmm. so it, it need not necessarily be a tv campaign but could be some kind of a intervention in altering people uh, attitudes and behaviors in this area is what i feel uh, is a challenging thing guys and it's an interesting challenge to be honest because thought a lot but i haven't been able to find an answer because i come from the same school of thought ki yaar hum safai ki nahi kar sakte life mein matlab you know and same yeah yeah is it's a bit of it's a tough one that's why i think it's a challenge ha it's interesting we'll ask this week cool so vivek it was this is it in terms of questions i have you have any final words to sort of uh, summarize the conversation or we just let you go back to your coffee and your other meetings no i had my team between because it's not a video interview so i'm <laughs> glad you were not able to see it um no no, no summary words i think uh, all i'll say is that uh, marketing is marketing sales business is a fantastic profession as long as uh, you start every day with different problems you work on different things mm-hmm. and you look forward to meeting people meeting people mm-hmm. um it's not necessarily the creating advertising which is sexy part of marketing mm-hmm. equally exciting is actually creating something out of nothing creating something out of air which is a new brand or a new business mm-hmm. and equally as people who are listening they realize as they grow senior equally exciting will be when you see the people whom you work with if you're able to shape their careers if you're able to train them and do more of that that will be more satisfying part got this got this super Thank you so much Vivek it was great 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 fun talking to you hope you have a great evening thank you for giving me the opportunity and uh, uh i don't know out of sheer intuition i took this uh, invitation um mm-hmm. and i said let me try and do it i have never done a podcast and i must say mm-hmm. this information has been very effortless seamless and you shepherded it very well my compliments thank to you thank you so much Vivek That was Vivek Sharma from Pedalite. This has to be amongst the best conversations I've ever had on the show. Please do write in and tell us if you enjoyed it and what can I do to improve the show for you. You just heard the latest episode of the Marketing Genie podcast, a show for marketers by marketers. The show was brought to you by Sipuri and the Podium. 